Hey, what's up, everybody? Paplin here, and welcome to episode 1054 of Ask Pat 2.0. This is a coaching call that you're about to hear with a real entrepreneur just like you who needs a little bit of help, and I'm here to help provide that help to them and also to any of you who may have or come across, eventually, similar issues. All right, now let's talk uh, about Julia really quick. So we have Julia on the show. She's going to be sharing with you about her website called The Traveling Traveler. You can find her at thetravelingtraveler.com. It's a resource and um, inspiration, really, for a lot of healthcare travelers. She's found this really amazing niche, and she works with some amazing partners. She's making affiliate income, but she wants to partner with them in different kinds of ways, and you'll hear in this conversation that um, there is a turn in the middle of it where there is light bulbs like firing off for where she thought she was going to go to where she is going to go and what she can offer. So let's just get right into it. Here is Julia from thetravelingtraveler.com. Hey, Julia, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you. What, uh, how about you spend a couple minutes telling us what you do? Well, um, my name's Julia, and I'm the blogger behind The Traveling Traveler, which is a resources and lifestyle inspiration guide for traveling healthcare professionals. So I myself am a traveling speech-language pathologist, I take 13-week contracts at different hospitals and rehab centers across the U.S., working mostly in adult neurogenic rehab. And I started doing that in 2010, and it's kind of like a crazy lifestyle to live. And so a couple of years after that, in 2014, I mostly just wanted to connect with other people who did the same thing. And I started a Facebook group for traveling therapists. And... That group has now organically grown to almost 9,000 people, which I've become like the leader and expert in this group. And in the midst of all that, I started my blog, which has um, resources on how to travel, where to go, what to do. And in starting that, it became such a big passion for me. I love it. So I, I had to monetize it um, because it was taking up a lot of my time, mm-hmm. and I became super successful with affiliates in this small niche space that I'm in. And so now I'm coming to you today because I want to know how to turn those uh, successful affiliate partnerships into more like a sponsored or partnership opportunity with these uh, brands. That's really cool. Well, first of all, congratulations. It almost seems like you kind of accidentally fell into this, and, and here you are as the leader of this amazing tribe, and uh, now it's it's monetizable, and, and that, that's uh, not always easy to do, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love it. It's definitely my passion. Now, is this your full-time gig, or uh, like, did you stop uh, your speech-language pathology uh, traveling, or are you doing that as well? I'm still traveling, and that is one of the nice things about being a temp employee is that um, I never had to have, like, a big kind of I'm exiting full-time work to work on my blog. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, um, I'm stopping a contract. I'll work on the blog for a couple months, um, but then I've always gone back to working. So I'm I'm probably at about a, a part-time, half-time status. That's really cool. And with then the in, blog. In, in terms of monetization and your business model with your tribe and and this blog that you have in the Facebook group, um, like where are you at with that? You don't have to give us specific numbers, but if you could somehow 
allow me to gauge sort of like where you're at so that we can figure out like, okay, well, how much further could we go? Uh, that would be super helpful. Um, um, money wise, I mean, I, I do, I do make enough gross off of the blog to, um, you know, to pay my bills, to live. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually making more off of it now than when I was full time as a speech therapist. So, um, it's, yeah, it's probably coming up on, um, it, I mean, in 2019, it definitely could um, be six figures. So it's definitely going well. Um, but about 90% of that is affiliate income, um, mm-hmm. which is you know, thanks in a large part to like you and Smart Passive Income. I learned a ton from you. So um, I guess with that, I'm just a bit concerned that that money fluctuates. Like in 2018, I've had m- months where, you know, I'm making lower amounts versus I kind of closed out the end of the year making more in Q4 than I made like the entire rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So um, I I guess it's a bit unstable. And that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking of doing more like sponsorship opportunities because I would see that maybe as a little more stable income. Sure, it's kind of recurring, and you kind of can plan for that. Versus, like, who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows what can happen with affiliate marketing? And I think another important part of this talk is the fact that you know affiliate marketing is great. However, all of your business is coming in as a result of your connections with these other companies and these relationships that you have. And for me, most of my income for years was coming from affiliate marketing as well. And uh, somebody had once told me, "Well, what if what happens if you know those affiliate?" go away or maybe those companies get bought out or they remove those programs that you were promoting. And that was a little bit scary to me because I wasn't really diversified. So I think this conversation on how we can sort of diversify your income and make it more stable is a very important one to have. So thank you for bringing it to the table. Um, What have you thought of in terms of solutions for this? So you said one of those things was uh, sponsorships and give me an idea of what you're thinking along those lines and how that might work. Um, so what I've been thinking, and to be honest, these are kind of the ideas that the companies have kind of rejected in the past. But what I, what I was envisioning is that um, I'm a successful affiliate for these companies. Mm-hmm. I create a lot of content for them, for the affiliates, and that brings them like a lot of brand awareness and a lot of marketing that doesn't necessarily get attributed to um, my sales. So um, I was thinking that I could pitch companies and say, hey, over uh, like a three-month period of time, you could pay X amount of dollars for so many blog posts a month, so many social media posts, and this in turn would be, would be good marketing. And also I could work close, closer with you because I found that anytime I've really worked closer with a company and we've met and we've consulted and they've shared their ideas and I've said, Hey, well, this is actually what I see on my end. Um, being the therapist, being the one buying and selling, like we've gotten better. So I picture like a sponsorship as being like, um, maybe some consulting and partnerships mixed in with content creation. And that's what I pitched in the past. And, um, those pitches have come back either rejected or cut down to like one tenth of the size that I proposed it at. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I am. Well, I'll give you some insight on probably why they are reacting that way. For one, okay. um, you are already producing 
some great income for them without them having to spend any money with you. Right. So exactly. And I need to do the content to make that money. So they're, they're getting it from me already. Yeah. Right. So if I was a company, I'd be like, well, I, everything's great. Like, why would I need to change anything and, and pay you more than what you're already getting uh, when you send customers over? I don't lose anything if you are only paid when you send me a customer. And that that's really what's going on in the heads of uh, the companies that you might be working with. So there are various ways to work with companies though. And you, you know, first of all, I commend you for asking. And that's, that's, that's always mm-hmm. step number one, because that's the only worst thing that can happen is they all go, no, we, we don't want to do that, but we'll continue what we've done. So that's great. Cause you never know until you yeah. ask. And they, no one's ever been like negative or mean. So <laughs> that's, it's fine. Yeah. And I want to offer a few different potential solutions for you. One related to these affiliates that you already have relationships with, and I'm so thankful that you've already reached out to them. You've gotten to know them. That's always what I recommend, and I teach this in my course, One, Two, Three Affiliate Marketing. Try to build real relationships with these companies because that's a way for you to stand out. It's a way for them to give you access to new things that might be coming out or special deals. And just it's always good to have some sort of really good rapport with with those companies. So you're already doing that. Um there's an easy way to begin to increase your income with the affiliates you have. And the easiest way is to go to those companies. And this doesn't always happen, uh, meaning it doesn't always, quote, work. But it's, again, one of those things that you could potentially ask. And I've done this several times in the past, and it has worked, and it has given me an immediate bump in income. And that is simply asking, especially with those that you already have a relationship with, you've already been helping them out, making them lots of money over time. As you go to them and you ask, hey, is there any way that you could increase the commissions. And it's as simple as that. I was, yeah, I was totally thinking about doing that too. It's as simple so as that's, that. With, that's a possibility. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's sort of the easy level. I'll give you an easy, I'll give you a medium and I'll give you a hard. Um, the easy is just simply asking that because again, well, what's the worst that can happen? But also they want to keep you on as an affiliate. And plus if you position it as not just, hey, look what I've done for you, but look what I'm going to do for you with this extra income that comes in. Maybe it's, well, I'm going to spend a little bit more money on the design of the website, so I need some uh, additional income to come in to support that so that we can better support your company. Or we're going to be running some Facebook ads in the future to a lot of these articles, and you know we're looking for uh, to work with our partners on this so that uh, we can, if we have an increased commission, we can put more resources into the Facebook ads and get even more people into the ecosystem. So those kinds of reasons that kind of justify the commission, in addition to just the fact that you've helped them for so long over time, can lead to a conversation about an increase in commission. So that that would be the easiest thing to do, for one. Number two. Okay, and, th- and that's totally possible, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and I, you know, there are some companies that I've worked with where every couple years, like I literally have it in my calendar, plan two years ahead of time to go and ask to see if there's any room for a commission increase. And it's just, you know, if obviously if you ask every day, it's not going to happen. But every once in a while, just based on your your gut and your common sense, just it's worth asking because uh, you don't get it unless you ask. That's for sure. Well, and I I even have one company where I'm starting 2019, and they have a a sliding scale, so they start at a certain percentage, and you can go to a certain other level after you do like I think the highest level is after 100 sales. Hmm. So. I've done a hundred sales in 2018. I was making the highest level and now I'm getting bumped down again in 2019. And I was, I was actually going to go to them and say, Hey, can I, can I start out at that higher level because of, you know, the sales I've done last year? 
So yeah, I mean, I they have that sliding skill system, knowing that you know it helps incentivize people to promote, and you reaching out to them shows them that you are incentivized to promote, and so that could I, I think that's a great place to start. That that might be just step number one actually for you. Now, another thing that you can do to increase your income with the affiliates that you have is to look at how people are coming to your website and how they're getting involved with these affiliate companies that you're promoting and optimize that process, um, meaning perhaps it's some of your most popular uh, blog posts. Are people who are coming into your website seeing those? Are they um, organically finding them or are you actually like putting it in front of their face? For example, on your homepage, are those things listed on your homepage, on a start here page or in your email um, or on the Facebook group? Are there moments during the month where you mention your top resources and articles that support them to, again, get people in front of them if they haven't seen them yet? So just optimizing how often and, and what people see related to those affiliate products can, uh, can give you a nice bump without you having to do much additional work. That's a good one. Yeah, definitely. And then the hard one would be to, again, with the same affiliates, would be to, with those relationships in mind, create special events. Um, I've done this a few times in the past, especially with like ConvertKit. So ConvertKit is an email service provider who I am an affiliate for. I'm also an advisor for them. And what we do every once in a while is we'll run a big event, meaning we do a webinar and uh, they come in as sort of guest co-hosts to this webinar. And I we teach them a lot and we, we promote it and we give everybody who's on that webinar and people on my email list a special limited time deal that I work out with ConvertKit beforehand that is a deal that nobody can get anywhere else during that time. And it's limited, which is good because that means it's not always in forever. So that company doesn't, you know, quote, lose money over time. But uh, if you were to have like a special deal with one of these companies for a week long period and you really make a big deal out of it, it really incentivizes people to, if they were on the fence, to get it right then and there because that deal would be going away or that bonus would be going away or that discount would be going away or whatever it is you work out with those companies. And that takes a little bit more coordination, but having an event-like structure to it and having that sort of excitement and the deal that goes away, it really adds to, to the quality of uh, you know your sales during that time. Yeah, that's definitely something I've thought a lot about. And I've, I've done some kind of like smaller events, but I want to put like more time into really optimizing uh, what what people want and what could really sell in that uh, shorter amount of time. And the big uh, caution I would have for you related to those things, especially because they're treated like live events essentially or you know periods of time during the year, is to plan out the whole year or at least a few quarters ahead so that you can understand, okay, well, during this month, this is when we're going to go pretty big on supporting this particular product and we'll make sure to not do it again with another product immediately after. So you space it out a couple of weeks or a couple of months or what have you. And that way you can start to see this, the whole year ahead of you and what to plan for. And the benefit of that is from a content point of view is that if you know that, for example, four weeks from now, you're going to promote your top product and you're going to have this event with a discount and all that stuff, maybe three weeks from now, a week before that promotion, you have blog articles come out and discussions happen in the forum related to that particular problem that that particular solution oh, solves. Okay. So you're able to, to kind of use your content uh, for the support of those launches 
of other people's products and, and those recommendations. Yeah. So it's not just coming at them as, as almost like a surprise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you're kind of telling a story during the whole time and really focusing on what the problem is, different solutions that are out there. And then you essentially end up on the best solution you've found with proof. And a lot of your own community members have probably already used these things. So they might step up during this time to talk about that thing as a solution and um, and then there's a special deal on top of it. It really becomes like this nice choreographed uh, sort of lift for that for that product. Is this all making sense? Yeah, this this is all making sense. So I'm I'm more more or less like optimizing and growing closer, more uh, beneficial relationships with the affiliate companies, growing more income without necessarily asking them to kind of like put out maybe money like up front or something like that, but right. still growing, growing the partnership. Right. You're making, you're, you're taking what's working and making it work even better. Now I know, it, yeah. I know this doesn't address your initial sort of concern about, you know, more stable income. However, number one, having these launch dates and these events and, and better sort of commissions that obviously will help um, cushion any sort of worry that you might have and also give you a little bit of sense of, well, during this launch week, we might see an influx and that can really help out and, and so on and so forth. But the second part of this conversation I want to have is, have you thought about creating your own products ever? <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, that's like a whole other probably uh, Q&A, but I, I've definitely <laughs> thought about creating my own products. And um, do you want to, are you interested in hearing about what I, what I want to create? I would love to learn oh. everything that's going on in your brain around this because, <laughs> because if you want to talk about like really getting solid on money that you control and that you can have control over, um, your own product is really where it would lie. Okay. So um, I definitely, definitely feel that way. And actually, um, as I talk to you now, I'm on my last week of a work contract, meaning mm -hmm. that when I go home next week, I'm essentially just employed as an independent contractor. So the idea of having um, my own products is definitely on my mind and really my first thing to do when I get home and I'm working on the blog full time. Um, and I have product ideas basically for different sides of my audience. So part of my audience, um, they are speech language pathologists like me. Mm -hmm. They might never want to travel in their life, but they like the resources information that I bring to them as a speech language pathologist. Uh, so I was considering making uh, basically printables like PDF packets for speech therapists to take into treatment sessions with them to use with patients. Um, because of all the traveling I've done, I've become very minimalistic of a clinician. Like I can go into a room and kind of do therapy without bringing um, like a whole wagon worth of stuff with me. So uh, one thing I wanted to do was sell materials that other people could use and, and be more minimalistic, but still have high quality materials. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about selling them uh, right off my website, like WooCommerce. And then um, another product I was thinking about was doing a course on how to travel as a therapist or healthcare professional. Um, I actually bought a Teachable subscription last year, and I've been paying for it every month purely to like make myself put up a course, and I haven't put up a course yet. So. <laughs> 
that's uh, number two goal is to get a course. Uh, then the other kind of far-fetched product that I've been thinking about is to uh, run a group uh, tour. So a lot of people come to me and say, hey, like, we love the way you travel. You travel for work, but you also travel to, like, Costa Rica for a month by yourself. And we like, I'd love to come with you. So I've also thought about organizing group tours, like 10 people in a tour and doing um, like a trip to Costa Rica, like a retreat. So those are kind of the three products that are on my mind going into 2019. I love it. You, you've already thought about this. It's, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you, and you've, you bought Tiju. I think there, there's something, something going on here. You bought it over a year ago. Yet you haven't created your own course yet. You've been thinking about this for a while. Tell me why you haven't created your own course yet. Or I, I think, uh, to be honest, I think I just don't have the confidence in myself. Um, I and I, I need to get over that. Like to me, I think you know, I'm giving, I'm giving away all my resources on the blog. I, I give away as much as I can, um, you know, for free online in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm I'm thinking like how can I how can I market selling a course like what what is uh, what's going to be the value in selling that so that's where I'm I'm stumped. Well, the the value that comes in selling a course and don't worry, you're not alone. Number one, you're not you're not the only person to buy Teachable and not put up a course. <laughs> um, but more than that, you're definitely not alone in that you don't feel like there's a value there with what you have to offer. And I think that this is just a story you're telling yourself, and it's a story a lot of us tell ourselves based on whatever it is, uh, but I think we know that's not the truth. If I were to ask you, mm-hmm. if you were to put together a course, would you make it valuable to those who bought it? I already know what your answer would be. It would be a resounding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so there's there's literally no proof. There's no truth to the idea that you wouldn't come out with something that wouldn't be useful and valuable. So that's number one, just kind of rewriting that story in your head. And I think when it comes to the, the the kinds of things that a course can offer people, it's number one, it's organization, it's commitment, investment, it's access to you, it's access to just only what a person might need for that transformation, it's access to a sort of more refined community within your existing community. There's so many, so many positive things that come with courses, and this is something – this is coming from a person who for eight years didn't create his own course even though people had been asking – because I thought affiliate marketing was just enough. And when I got my first round of students and I was able to see the results that they were having, it blew my mind and it made me realize just how much um, I was in my own way. And so what I would offer to you is to think about each of these things, actually, even 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 go as far as outlining each of them just to kind of see what, what – like the actual how they would materialize and what they would look like what they would feel like actually see what it might take to plan out a retreat actually create the outline for your speech pathology course actually create the outline for the um, traveling healthcare professionals and see which one excites you most and then you can begin to test it you can begin to start talking to some of some of the people in your audience perhaps you know of a number of people in your group who are more outspoken or more fans or more sort of just involved and you can Almost kind of recruit them as sort of, um, how might you say, just kind of early users for this thing as you create it, which maybe you give them free access to it once it, once it is and uh, in exchange for just the feedback along the way to make this something great. 
Um, and so I, I'm a big proponent of when I'm thinking of creating a course or anything is is to pre-sell it. Um, but more even before pre-selling it, collecting payments even before you create it to validate it. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, and th- this is where I talk about my book, Will It Fly? And I know a lot of people when I tell them that they go, "Really? Like I couldn't imagine collecting money for something I hadn't made yet." But there's a lot of benefit to, uh, to that. And when you think of places like Kickstarter, I mean, that's exactly what Kickstarter is for. You pay for things that are just ideas um, to sort of vote with your dollars to see. And, and if it reaches a certain level, then the, that company makes it. Um, and as long as they're transparent and communicative along the way, then everybody's fine. And you'd be the same way. You wouldn't promote it as if it was live and then tell everybody, sorry, I don't have it for you yet. You would tell people this is something I'm thinking of creating. Here's the outline for it. And here's why I'm creating it. If, if this doesn't sound like it's, it's something you're interested in, don't worry about it. I'm not taking anything away from you. All the free content's still going to be there. But I wanted to put something very uh, streamlined and, and, and high level for you with accountability included so that you can achieve X, Y, and Z. And if you're interested in this, uh, you know, here's the, 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 the pre-sale page. And if I get 20 people to sign up, I'm going to build it. I'm going to build it with you. You're going to have a lot of access to me during the creation of the course and I'll deliver a new module to you every two weeks. And then by the end of six weeks, you'll have everything you need. And what's cool about that for you as a course creator is number one, you won't have to create the whole thing worrying that people are going to either buy it or not after you can validate whether or not this is actually something people want beforehand. So you learn that quickly up front versus after you build a thing, which is a very depressing time to learn that nobody wants your thing. Um, Number two, you, by building it with your beta students, if you want to call them that, or your champions, your early adopters, um, you're building it in the way that it needs to be versus what you think it should be, and they're able to help fill in the holes for you that you might not even know exist. And then finally, by the end of the six weeks or however many weeks your course might take for them to get all that content, you have real people who've gone through it with real results, hopefully, if you've taught them everything that you taught them, and I'm sure it would be great and they would take action because they're going to be early access users – You'll now have testimonials so that when you actually go live with this thing and remind everybody, hey, guys, we just ran through the beta group. Now it's live for you. Here are testimonials from real people. That's the big struggle with a lot of course creators is they create courses first. They push it out to their audience and they go, okay, uh, this sounds interesting, but prove it to me. Prove that this works. Well, uh, nobody's taken it yet, so I I can't prove it to you. So that's kind of the big conundrum there. And so this is the process I teach in Will It Fly in my book. And if you haven't gotten access to that yet, I'd love to send you one. So after this call, if you haven't gotten it yet, well, I'll just send you a copy for free. Oh, that would um, be great. I'd love that. Thank great. you. We'll send that over. And um, how is this all feeling to you? Is it overwhelming? Is it exciting? I, I want to know what's in your head right now. It's a, it's exciting. Actually, it's um less overwhelming than I thought the call might be because um, actually I think we kind of changed the direction a little bit as to what I initially thought and and you kind of put things a lot more in my control um, as a creator and producer and awesome. I, I can handle that like I I can um, you know create create my own products which I think will in turn, give me that sense of kind of more control and stability if mm-hmm. if I'm creating something versus um, as I kind of as I said in the beginning, I'm I'm, I'm nervous about uh, essentially relying on affiliates for my income because that can change at any time. Right, and we we were discussing like new ways to work with those people versus now mm-hmm. you're just creating 
for yourself. And like you said, I, th- I didn't even realize this. Now you have even more control because it's, it's you that's in charge of when you launch it, the price and special deals that go along with it. And as you create more products, then you'll start to see there's a lot of overlap between your customers, your best customers or your existing ones. Likely people are going to be buying your speech pathology course and then also your travel course and then also <laughs> want to go on a retreat with you. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, how you will find people who do that. And, and we're we're optimizing the affiliate, so maybe they'll buy something in one of those launches. And they've too, probably done that already. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of like which one to start with to finish off, it, it's really going to be more so your decision, and it's, it might be based on an, a survey that you do or conversations that you have. Um, I can't imagine, like you said, people who buy the speech pathology one because you have a lot of them who follow you who wouldn't be interested in travel one and vice versa. So I wouldn't worry about leaving the other group out because you are creating specific solutions for specific people with specific needs. And if a specific solution you're creating does not match up with a certain group of people in your audience, well then great. They don't have to follow that, 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 um, that, that sales process, or they don't have to really be concerned about that right now because that's not them. You're building multiple solutions for multiple kinds of people. And it, it starts with one, it starts with one. And I'm really excited for you. Uh, Julia, I'm, I'm just very encouraged Thank by you. what you had just said and, and that this, yes, it did go a different course, but uh, I think often we just need a little bit of help on the outside to steer us in the right direction. And hopefully that's what I've been able to provide for you today. Absolutely. Thank you. I am really excited about the future now. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Can you Yay. tell everybody uh, before you go, where can people read about what you have going on and, and find you? Well, my blog is thetravelingtraveler.com, and that's all like one L, one R. Mm-hmm. And um, I post all my kind of life stories and pictures on Instagram, which is the Traveling Traveler. So awesome. you can find me there. Thank you, Julia. I appreciate you so much for sharing this and being open and vulnerable, vulnerable here for us. And uh, looking forward to hopefully connecting with you in the future after your first course is done and we can talk about it. Would that be okay? Yay. Thank you. That would be amazing. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. Keep up the good work. Take care. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Julia. Again, you can find her at thetravelingtraveler.com. She's done an amazing job of creating this amazing group of people who've been following her and who care for her advice and who want to just take her recommendations. And as you might remember, the conversation started out with, well, how can she create these more interesting little promotions with the partners that she has? And we've uncovered many new ways to not just work with those partners in many in much easier ways uh, with much less friction, but other offerings that could be added on top of that too. So I'm really excited to chat with Julie in the future. We will likely bring her back on the show uh, at some point to talk about how things have gone and hopefully you've gotten inspiration from uh, Julia and myself here today. So thank you so much for listening and I appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe. Because every week we have a new coaching call that you can listen to. And if you haven't already, you can check out the backlog, all different types of entrepreneurs. Just check out the questions and the kind of topics and pick the ones that are most interesting to you. Go back in the archive, check them out. And again, make sure you subscribe because you might not know the next episode could be the one that really gives you exactly what you need or answers the exact question that you might have too. So if you'd like to get featured on the show and ask me questions live, just like Julia, uh, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and you can check out the application form that's right there in the middle of the page. Um, But more than anything, please hit subscribe and leave a review if you have a chance to. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Team Flynn, for listening in and subscribing and, and being here. I appreciate you. Team Flynn, you're awesome. Until the next session, 
keep crushing it. Love you guys. Take care. Team Flynn for the win. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.